Comic Corner. I am your host, Team Up. I am here joined with Dad. We haven't really talked about it, I don't believe, but today is going to be our last episode for a little bit uh, while we work on some other things. But Dad, before we get into what we've read this week, have you read anything cool? Anything interesting? Oh, I thought like, yeah, you were like, before we get into what you read this week, what have you read this week? That question confused, that confused the shit out of me, sorry. You know, for a guy who really talks a lot, I, I'm i not so great with the words. Haven't, haven't gotten a hang on uh, uh, syntax. Yes, skin tax. Skin tax, what? that you are, you are familiar with skin tax. Yes, yes, it's the part where you go blind from touching yourself. Exactly. Unlike Snowblind, but <clears throat> I don't know, I caught up on, of course, the X-Men stuff and it's just a god, a, a hot goddamn mess. The, the, the battle of, uh, like the battle between Araco and Krakoa has like begun and it's a 10 on 10 duel, but then it's not really a duel. There's a marriage and then it's like a drinking contest, but it's between Storm and Wolverine and it's just, what? it's, yeah, it's, it's all over the place. It's really hard to keep up. However, there is one beautiful moment where at the dinner they're at, um, out, I believe it's one of uh, either Apocalypse, Apocalypse and Genesis, like one of their their like children is known as like Iska the Unbeaten. And like her mutant power is she can't lose. Yes, I was so, actually, I read about this and I forced uh, my girlfriend to listen to me talk about it the other day when we were out drinking. So at one point, uh, Cable and Magic go up to her at dinner and are like, so like hang a bell, like you can't lose and they just do like a bunch of dumb party tricks to like test it out. Like, so at one point there's like pin the tail on pog or pog. Uh, they do like the stupid ball and three cup trick and like just like a bunch of dumb party tricks to like test it out. But then sadly she tries to poison Wolverine, but it winds up being Cypher who eats it. And as all this shit's going down, it just cuts to Apocalypse and his wife sitting alone at a table. And Apocalypse would like this grim look on his face just says, I see you've done well with the children. And his wife just goes, I tried my best. And then it cuts away from them. Like that's the only interaction you get from the two of them, but it's just like chaos and kids behind them. And they're like, Oh yeah, yeah you, did, you did good. Huh? Okay. Thanks. Oh, that's like both. Uh, it's humanizing, but at the same time, just like, Oh, it's kind of, yeah, it's funny it's, and dark. Yeah. It was a surprisingly sweet moment out of apocalypse and the, uh, you know, avatar of a menth, which is responsible for just pure annihilation. So, right. But uh, I mean, it's just, you know, X-Men's crazy. That's really all you can say about it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and I mean, uh, that's the X-Men books. Then it's the Spider-Man shit. I just, I read whatever the newest issue was because I found out that what who Kindred was. Have you, do you yeah. have you know anything about that? I've, I've been reading about it. I've been reading reviews and articles about it all along because i just every time i try to read spider-man it's just so disappointing for some reason and i don't know if it's just because like spider-man is on such a pedestal in my childhood that nothing any writer could do will ever make it like good again like will make so, it worthy to me because i also don't think he's a character with legs really anymore is that some kind of like pun you don't think spider-man has legs 
it is now that I've said it, but in my head, it is just one of those things where I just like, there's no interesting stories for Spider-Man to, to be told about Spider-Man where he's the main character anymore for me. Uh, well, for this, I'm pretty sure they're uh, either they're going to fix or they're at least addressing. Yeah, uh, was it one last day? One last day, yes. And uh, they made it explicit, pretty explicit in this episode, right? Because Kindred is pre one last day Harry, so he right. remembers it, and that's why he hates what's going on uh, because it's like the Harry that came into the universe after because of the one last day wasn't him and he had to watch from hell as that Harry like lived a good life and got married and had Normie. Yep. Which what a name for a kid. Normie. Ugh, how awful. And did you read uh the new death metal? I have to ask. No. I it haven't is read it. Fucking outrageous. I it's looked just for it on Lobo. Tuesday. Couldn't find it in time and then I've just been so like I've been busy. It's like, I didn't read anything today other than some, like what we're reading for today and uh, bumming me out. Cause I really want, like, this is one of the storylines for metal that I've been so interested in. Like I'm excited to read it, especially yeah. because the justice league was kind of a, like the end of justice league. I mean, I guess it hasn't ended yet, but. The last issue was like not as cool as it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like uh, Lobo's part in death metal in three acts. And you get to meet uh, the Batman who frags. I'll just let you know about that. Yeah. But the Batman who frags. And then you also get to meet, uh, what is it? Black Monday. Black Monday. Yes. Who Solomon Grundy, Batman. Which like lather me in that. Give me some oh, like zombie Batman Hulk creatures, please. Oh, and then uh, Lobo tells Hawkman to suck it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm interested to see what the whole like the connection with like the Black Hawk Island is because that seems to be a really weird like outlier in the whole metal verse. Well, he's guarding the death metal, which like ties back into his role in as the, the, as the world forager. Right, right. So I think like there's you know some cosmic bullshit going on there that conveniently allows him to do that. Makes sense. Comics. Straight up. Stories, you know, it allows uh, these universes to happen, which is something that Reed Richards taught me in Marvel sixteen oh two. Well, so on that note, let's 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 talk about the elephant in the room. So. Uh, at the end of the last episode, we talked about how we were going to do uh, the oh, 2011 yeah. Hellblazer, Hellraiser. Um, but you know what? After we both got like a couple issues in, it fucking sucked. Honestly, I, like it just made me think of Hellraiser 3. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I don't know. The and like, since like we said at the beginning, this is our last episode for a little while uh, for the foreseeable future. We did not want to end it on another fucking book we hated. I mean, yeah, we would have just done fucking uh, that shittiest one again. Yeah, we might as well, like, we would have just done another fucking Kingsman. That's exactly what I was trying to think of. We're just like, like, the movies are better. Yeah. So, in that vein, uh, we decided to read something that I hadn't read before, but I knew about, and you had read and told me you really liked, 
And yeah. so I read it today and it was fucking sick. And it was Marvel 1602 by Neil Gaiman. Uh, if you are want to know what we're talking about and read Hell, Hellraiser in the last week, sorry. Pause the issue. Pause the pause the issue right now. Go and read it. It's eight issues. It took me like an hour and 15 minutes and then come back and listen to the rest of the episode. But that's what we're talking today because it was fucking sick. I will say on one note about Hellraiser. Wow. I thought it was kind of, uh, I don't know. I thought it was a little high-minded, but the art was fucking incredible. Yes, that. Uh, just the depictions of guts and gore and chains. It was just amazing. And they, they did do a decent job of humanizing. Like, uh, it did a good job of bringing out the sensual side of the Cenobites. It wasn't just all torture because it's supposed to be like that pain and pleasure. There was a lot more of a, Sexy time. More pleasure this time. Yes. But yeah, if if you really need the fix, go watch the movies. We read the the 2011, and it was, and you know what? We wanted to do a Marvel thing because we've just done mostly DC and independent. So this was the perfect way to do it. And I also love Neil Gaiman. I have a hard on for everything he's ever, for every time he puts pen to paper. Like Neverwhere is probably one of my favorite books and stories I've ever read. Um, and like good omens is great american gods was pretty cool i'm really mad about the whole the you know the whole ruining of the television show after the like the first season which was some of the best television i've ever watched but hey season three's coming out we'll see what happens i mean they fired most of the cast yeah well no they fired uh or no i think most of the some of the cast quit a lot of the cast, has, like a lot of the main character, everyone except for the main two characters basically left the show. Uh, I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think that's entirely. Crispin Glover's still in it. Uh, oh, I thought he left. No, he is like, he's going to be in some of it, but they're keeping up with the idea that these things constantly change, which like makes sense. And the yeah. fact that technology and things are con- constantly changing and trends are constantly changing. Right. I thought he had left the, the I thought uh, he had left with a lot of that, uh, along with the exodus of people behind and in front of the camera. But we're not talking that today. We're talking 1602. For those who don't know, it is a Marvel story set in 17th century England, uh, for the most part. And it's all about Nick Fury, just, and the X-Men and Strange and Daredevil shows up and like there's a lot of cameos from a lot of characters. I like why you want to give the summary, Dad? Because I feel like I'm I'm doing a, a poor job here. Yeah. Uh so I guess in in essence, it's just like how could how can I take the Marvel universe and put it right around that like beginning of the century, you know, 15th century, right? Or is it yeah, no, 17th, 17th century. century. 17th century, sorry. I always get that backwards. It's plus one or minus one, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's really funny the way they incorporated some things, but not all of them. Uh, the, I don't know, it's, I, it was interesting, like which fury he went with. Granted, I don't know which year this was made in. Uh, was, 2003. Like, so I don't know if we had uh, black fury yet. Nope. No, we did not. Uh, black uh, fury. He might've been in the ultimate. No. Cause the ultimate universe one, I, the ultimate universe. I don't even think was around yet. Well, there you go. Uh, so seeing that and just, so I guess it's like the plot against Queen Elizabeth, 
you know, the, the whole series revolves around like the discovery of the new world, some weird shit going on there. There's a boat coming back from Roanoke and, you know, we all know about Roanoke. If you don't, I suggest you read about it. Yeah. Fun one. So it all kind of revolves around that. It stars your, your favorite Marvel characters, as you were saying, Nick Fury, uh, Peter Parqua, young, <sighs> young page, Peter Parqua, which is just, oh, God damn it. That, that name makes me a little upset. Like upset, but at the same time, fuck. That's like, I hate how clever it is, but also fuck you. Uh, Matt Murdock is in it as uh, England's worst Irish bard is I think the best way to describe him. Yep. Uh, Natasha Romanoff is in it, but she's just Natasha. She and they allude to the Black Widow thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Europe's most dangerous woman. I and of course, I... of course, Doom. Because you can't set something in the 17th century and not have fucking Doctor Doom in this. I'm kind of mad that they called him Otto von Doom. I mean, of course, like Otto. I think I think it's perfect. But I have a feeling that it's like if you go and read like some Doom comics, there's an allusion to like his great 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 grandfather Otto von Doom. It's like one of those. Um, that actually just makes me think. So I was also reading the comments as I made my way through here. And apparently there is a reference to this Dr. Doom meme. And I'm wondering if Neil Gaiman did it on purpose. So there's a really famous uh, clip, or I guess like a, a panel with, I can't remember. Uh, it's, it's the Dr. Damn Richards. No, 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 no. Oh, it's a different one. Uh, it's, so it's Dr. Doom... Who the fuck is this? Yeah, Doctor Doom and Namor, right? And Doctor Doom has this huge, like, conch shell horn thing, and Namor just yells, "Do not toot it!" It says, "Fool!" Yes. Oh, yes. Doctor Doom toots as he pleases. The yes. instrument that they use to uh, in the assassination plot is a fucking horn that looks exactly like that. Yep. Yes, it is. Which has got to be like, first of all, good on you. Neil Gaiman, if you knew about that and was like, yo, Doom toots as he pleases, I need this to be a pivotal uh, plot piece. Right. Like, good on you. But second, I'm just going to go into it. I was going to wait, but this one I wanted to bring up, so I might as well just couple in my other thought. Um, first issue. Look at the depiction of Queen Elizabeth. She looks almost alien, wouldn't you say? Yes. Now, the way she speaks... She refers to herself in second person. Lots of we, lots of us. Nick Fury keeps us in, uh, we the royalty. Nick Fury keeps us around, whatever. Yep. Therefore, my conclusion is, Neil Gaiman is saying that the queen is actually a member of the brood, which is also acknowledging the vast conspiracy theory that all reptilian people are, like royalty are reptilian people and vice versa. <sighs> Holy it's fucking in there, shit. dude, because she looks like a member of the brood, like the way her head is at times, yep. and like the, the fingers and the claws and shit. Like, if he didn't do that on purpose, the artist did it on purpose. And it's, I, I don't know, it's there. Do with it what you will. But like, I needed to get that out there. It dawned on me when I was re reading this. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I never even, because uh, I was like, there is something weird with her. I was like, oh, she's got to be a ref. Like, that's, I kept thinking, like, what, what could she be a reference to? And she literally looks like if you took a brood and put a wig on it. Yep. Yep. There's even the one where she's like, uh, enough, strange. Tell him what you I, told me as she leaves I the room. I just pulled that panel up. 
uh, yeah, like that hideous face, like yeah. Um, no, say I have a list of all the characters of the main characters right here. Uh, Elizabeth of uh, the first of England, James the first of England, Jamie uh, Braddock, brother of uh, Betsy and Brian Braddock. Yep, uh, Virginia Dare. Now uh, she is. A lot of theories are like, oh, that's Snowbird. Like that's who she's supposed to be. No, she's an original character. Yes, Gammon is like, nope, she's not. Snow- Look, her powers, her appearance, and her looks. I mean, in her personality, are all very Snowbird, apparently. I don't know much about Snowbird, personally. I, I never heard of Snowbird. Uh, she's from Alpha Flight. You would recognize her in costume if you saw her on a panel. Like, oh, I know that character, but not from where or from what. Uh, Uatu, the Watcher, which was, I fucking love that. Uh, which, Fury, of course. Stephen Strange, Peter Parquois, Matthew Murdoch. Uh, sorry, Murdoch. Uh, Clea Strange, which was a cool uh, oh, yeah. Having Clea in was great. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Javier as Xavier was fucking so funny. All right. So a couple, like, um, so who is that stating what the uh, what the name is? Because at one point they call him Carlos and they, they also call, call him something else. Somebody calls him something other than Carlos. Oh, I don't I know. It's like Carolus. It's like the Latin version. Oh, maybe. That I could be in the name of the school, maybe. Like the Carolus yeah. Javier school for something gentle folk. Right. And with uh, Carlos comes uh Roberto Trefisis, Scott Scottis Summerisis, Hal McCoy, Werner, and John Gray, who turns out it's a chick and it's Jean Grey. Yeah. Uh, the four from the Fantastic, uh, which yep. is the, the Fantastic Four, with all have the same names. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor, uh, who turns out to be uh, Eric, is just Enrique. what they, they call him, uh, with Sister Wanda in Petros. And uh, Toad is also there. Yeah. Toad, a high ranking member of the Vatican. Thank you very much. Somehow. Uh, David Banner, an advisor to King James, uh, Count Otto von Doom, or Otto the Handsome. Otto the Handsome, that's right. Donald, uh, Guardian of the Templar Treasure, and uh, Natasha. Those are the, all the main characters that they reference in there. And I'm sure there is a. Oh, and I mean, you forgot about Rajas. Yes, I did not add him to it because Rajas. I mean, let's just get this out of the way because the whole time, like, who the fuck is that? Raj, like, I, Rajas. I I know, and it it fucking. I feel really stupid for not even realizing. Don't it. you know? The first time I didn't either, and I was just like, son of a bitch. Because the whole time, I'm like, oh, that's the Thor analog in this. Like, Thor's gonna be an Indian. Like, that's cool. Like, let's see what happens. Nope, I was so wrong. Yeah, it was it was Steve Rogers from the future. Which makes it so much more wackadoo. And do that panel when there's the reveal and he just puts on that stupid smirk. Yeah. And he's like, well, absolutely, ma'am. I guess you could say you are correct. And you're like, oh, God. Oh, that was when I was like, God, son God, of a bitch. Man. Now I get it. It all clicked. I was so mad at myself. Damn you, Steve. Damn you. Yeah. Steve? Because I was waiting to see like, because I thought it was the girl for a while, Virginia for a while. Right, right. It's like the the forerunner, which is 
the whole plot revolve like yeah. the way they explain the emergence of the heroes is really smart basically where like in the marvel universe the marvel hero the marvels if you will or the heroes of the world are the antibodies of the universe to fix itself so something goes wrong triggered by rogers getting sent back in time so the universe to correct itself creates all these heroes or like 400 years early and you're just like oh that's actually really cool yeah you know what actually i don't i just thought of i was trying to think of an analog for the girl obviously i looked up snowbird and like yeah clearly i can i i see it i see where they're coming from yeah um but honestly it probably shouldn't and it's probably just because it's steve rogers and the little girl but it kind of reminded me of the interactions between Steve and the little girl that was the uh, Cosmic Cube manifested and during the whole Secret Empire deal. Uh, I didn't. I, don't, I wasn't that was with Hydra Cap. Yeah. That that whole fiasco, which I thought was kind of cool. I I also like things being thrown up on their head and like poles being changed and such. But I I really like the Secret Secret Empire run. I, I do want to sit down and read it eventually, but I want to read um, Battle World first. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. This is like, it's a Battle World come. This, I thought we might be talking different secret empires. No, we're talking. No, no, no. We're talking. I know what you're talking about with Hydra Cap. Oh, all right. I thought there was an implication that that came after Battle World. And I was like, dude, I think this happens way after Battle World. It does, but I like. I want to read the major Marvel events in an, in order, almost. Gotcha. To see, what, like, see what runs into what, because I don't think there's a lot of connection, but I think like the reason, like because of some shit that happened with Battle World, is why it's like kind of ha- like why it's a possibility that Hydra Cap and stuff goes down. Yeah, I don't, God, I don't, I don't know. It's so some, long. you know, comic book web bullshit where everything builds on everything else until you just have a tower that eventually falls down and you have to do a, a universe reboot. Which in reality is just a great way of following which, uh, which, which comics the writers really enjoyed. Yes. That's all it is. What are they going to reference, you know? Yep. But it exactly. reminded me of uh, Steve and the little girl and like it just reminded me of that relationship. So I wonder if this had any influence on the way that the cosmic cube was kind of depicted or like the manifestation, the avatar of the cosmic cube was depicted. Probably. Gaiman's got like a, yo, he's got reach. I would say people who like him really fucking like him, And I am I a, a testament to that. Dude. I noticed that like when I told the first couple of people I met, like first couple of big gaming fans, I met that like, I found the end of, or like I got, I found American gods kind of tasking. I got like a tongue lashing. I, like, I understand why you would say that. I don't agree with it, but I like it's one of the books I have finished the fastest in my, you know, adult life when yeah. I was reading it. But also like lather me in that. Just lather me in like weird, like gods and monster bullshit. Like Amen. to just take all of the every religion ever and wrap it into one story. That like barely makes any sense unless you've read comic books for the last twenty years and understand how to parcel through all the nonsense. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was sick. I just I, I'm still mad about the the Rogers thing, but like 
meeting each of the characters was awesome all the way through. Although Nick Fury was really strange. It was also badass as fuck when uh, he went to question the Vulture, which... Oh, yeah. An amazing use of the Vulture character to make them, like, Doom assassin, like, assassins for Doom. But, like, he's just like, I am unarmed and you have a sword. If you beat me, you can take the keys off my dead corpse and leave. If not, you're going to tell me everything I want. And just, like, takes the knife right to the forearm like it's nothing. Oh, yeah. uh, Using his forearm to block that fucking sword. That was gnarly. It was Uh, super gnarly. But back to, like, the vulture. It's implied that he's, like, a genetic monstrosity. That Doom has, like, created these vultures. And he's also creating the Mole Men. Because, like, he references the birthing pens that they all come out of. They were definitely, like, moloids. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which, and like, they even looked weird. The only thing they could have been more mole-eyed was if they had, uh, like, the big, like, yellow glazed eyes. Um, but the whole thing was, like, the reason why, you know, there's no Wolverine in there or uh, some of the other older characters is because he wanted, like, Gaiman was like, no, I'm, I'm doing this, like, if you weren't around before 1969, you're not going to be in this book, as far as I'm concerned. He wanted to do it like very much like 60s Marvel's here, Marvel heroes. Interesting. I mean, that makes sense. That's why he went with who he did. But like, like why, why uh, David Banner? Because uh, I think that's Bruce's real name. No, but he's, I thought David was his father. I'm pretty sure Banner, like Bruce Banner, is actually David Bruce Banner Jr. I see. I thought he was Robert Bruce Banner. You know, it doesn't really say why they why they said David. Earth six one six. Also, he's a massive. He's Gray Hulk too, which is cool at the end. But we'll get we'll get to that when we talk about the ending. His father's Brian Banner. Yes. We should know that. We both read Immortal Hulk and yeah. he's like a huge character. That's actually very true. Yeah, Robert Bruce Banner. That's supposedly his name. Maybe he just needed a more English name. Mm. Anyway. I, maybe he just did it because just to like throw you off the scent. Or wait. Although when that, they... that his name, that's his name in the TV show. In the 80s TV show. David Bruce Banner. Ah. I knew that was something. So it's just, maybe it's just another uh, another homage. Yeah, I'm sure, like, one of those things. The way they did the X-Men was also really fucking cool. Like, that, especially because it was that, that awesome first class. Yeah, and oh my god, I could not agree more with the depiction of Scott. Scotia Summer Isle, just this hot-headed little bitch who gets in it, who, like, flies off the handle anytime somebody tries to talk to Master John Gray. Oh, dude, my two favorite scenes... Of the, I mean, my favorite scene was when Scott goes to apologize, and that when he tells Warren, it's like it was a girl. There was never a Master Gray. It was Mistress Gray, right? And he goes like, but then he apologizes later for it, and he's just like, I thought I really didn't know you thought he was. I thought you knew. I thought, like, you know, you saw through the costume and everything. Just like, nope, 
Uh, you have nothing to apologize for, uh, and I won't apologize because I thought it was a, uh, a man, and I was in love with that man. And he just flies away, and, Sco- and Scotius is flabbergasted. Yep. And I was like, that's such a good depiction of Warren, because he like, he's gay in the comics. He's like one of the first like major gay characters in the comics, too. Uh, I see. I thought, uh, I thought Bobby Drake was one of the original ones. He is, uh, but he wasn't. I don't think he came came out of the closet until like 2010, maybe a little bit later. Interesting. He's more recent, come out of the closet. But Warren has always been uh, like a gay character. Not maybe not always. I can't say that for sure because I don't know the history of it. But for as long as I've known Angel as a character, I've known that that was one of his like defining personality traits yeah I, again the all the x-men that he did that they did for this was just perfect toad was revolting oh so gross <laughs> and the, just reading his speech like like made me feel dirty yeah i my like, mouth my mouth felt gross like there felt like there was a, a film in my yeah, mouth i'm reading it in my head and my mouth still felt gross yeah it was not not great not great bob not great <laughs> Pedro's was the best, but the like the burning at the stake scene with uh, Magneto in them was awesome. Oh, like when he was just when he was like, "Oh, you're you're out of luck because that steel." You're like, "Oh, yeah. thank God!" Like well, I was hoping was, this was gonna be it. I was hoping this was gonna be it. That was a good reveal. That was a really good reveal. But when they're burning them at the stake and they have the chains on and you're just like, oh, you dumb, dumb. You stupid bastards. Why would you wrap him in chains, you idiot? Do you know what you've done? (laughs) No. And then just like, when he makes the helmet and then they pull that, like, what is this? And then you see the helmet you're just like, oh my God, yes. No, dude, it's the shot of the chin. That is such a good shot of Magneto after they've burnt the hair off of him. And it's just hatred in that chin. Yup. Within the helm, like that helm, that was probably one of the coolest, like color, like colorways of the helmet I've ever seen. It's uh, the helmet from First Class. Like that's essentially what they used in First Class. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Like it's well, no, because even the First Class one is maroon. I don't think so. I think it's just gray. I thought it was maroon. The one that um, what's his face has is maroon, like that Kevin Bacon has. Yeah, I'm trying to find an image of it. Yeah, it's just like it's black. Oh yeah, yeah it is. But like the blue and gold that it was almost that it looked like in the comic was sick. Yeah. I also I like that they keep it. Uh, they keep to it that it was made by Charles for Magneto. Dude, you can't break like that is. Well, that's it's not what it is in first class. I was right? saying, even the fact that they broke it in first class was kind of blasphemous. Yeah, well, like, I love that he's like, no, it's it's a. I think he refers to it as a gift from an old friend. Yes. And you're like, oh, you you two sons of bitches, you two sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do love that they kept his Jewish heritage intact. That was. Yeah. Like that's something that easily could get thrown away with that character and do in like trans, you know creating alternate versions of them but that was like i was so excited they kept that yeah they had he was a jew in austria i believe 
Because I think I uh, said he was in he was in Geneva. Yeah. Uh, no, Venice. Was it Venice? I thought they said they found him in. Uh, he was found in a ghetto in Geneva. Then he was uh, baptized, and like the Jews asked for him back, and they're like, "No, we can't give him back. He's been saved. Why would we give him to Christ killers?" Uh, I, I thought they said it was outside Geneva. Oh, dude, and the look that Nick Fury gives uh, Werner when he's like, "Why is he? He's scared, and he thinks like he thinks she likes you, dude. Like that that troubles him." And Werner's just like, "Wait, she? Who is she?" And then just the face that Fury makes. Yeah, the fact that it took so long. Like, I mean, I, honestly, up to that point, I was like, do they really, like, they? there's no way they gender swapped the character. Like, like, what is going on? I wish they explained why they had her as a male. For, like, well, why she needed a disguise. I mean, to hide her because they're in, like, a school, like a monastery. Women weren't allowed. Ah. Uh... I mean, that does make sense. Now that you yeah. say it. Chimes in with them Christians, you know? Uh, it's actually the beginning of issue seven. I was just going to say, I just got to the end of six and it's just that. Ugh. Oh, I never noticed they had shaved him. Oh, no, they, they burn him. They I burn didn't the... notice that on the, on the read-through. Yeah, uh, in the ghetto of Venice. When you were five years old and strayed from the ghetto, you were detained and baptized by an over-enthusiastic priest who took a liking to ah, you. That's what it was. Ah, it was Venice. It's as he's burning his beard off that he tells the story. Yeah. See, I've been trying to figure out, is that guy an analog for, like, Ross? But Ross ends up showing up... Uh, not Ross. Um, there's the senator, and then there's the dude who Brian Cox plays in the movies. Yeah, oh, I was just trying to think of his name. I don't, they don't ever say his, they don't even. Striker. Yeah, they don't even, that guy doesn't get a name. I don't think he's named in anything. No, but like, I, I don't know. I wanted him to be like a William Shakespeare. I mean, he, he looks kind of like him, just enough. But then, yeah. Oh, those stupid sons of bitches. Yeah, fools. So I will say this. I think it might be at the beginning of issue five. Yes. Uh, the where it's like it's the first page where it shows you all the main characters and then it's like the the breakdown for gammon and then it's like hey neil if this is marvel universe why are all the tiny dinosaurs doing around and it's just like later andy yeah it's like shut up nerd yeah because i was wondering the same i was like are they in the savage land what is going on it sounds like gammon was just a fan of the savage land I was going to say, actually, there was a while where I thought uh, Raja's was uh, Kazar. Oh, really? I was like, yeah. And then Virginia, because there's even the panel where they have the idea of like, I'm going to turn into a big cat and he's going to ride me into battle. And I was like, oh, it's Kazar. And the I know that. I've seen that in comics before. No, I think it's just more of the uh, like time displacements, you know? I think yeah. that's more what it is. But uh, it was really just, it was real funny for him to just be like, they're just cool. They're just there because I like them. Like the, le- the fact that they refer to the pterodactyls as leather wings. Yeah, right. Yeah, I like, can't say enough good things about this. Other than a lot of characters' facial hair. I don't think uh, Xavier looks all that great with a, uh, with a chin strap, personally. The chin strap is a little weird. 
Um, but like Murdoch with like a goatee beard looks Murdoch with a goatee, pretty sick. Uh Hank McCoy almost as Wolverine. Yeah, he's real Wolverine-y. Um, all right. So if you had to go favorite character, favorite depiction in this, who would you go? It's a tie between Murdoch and McCoy. See, I'm going Murdoch far and away because the fact that he got he goes blind and gets his powers because he went into a fucking cave and licked goo. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there's one comment, I think it's after that, uh, in that issue, all the way, it's just like, so like that happened, huh? Well, I'm glad that Matt Murdock is just like, just as dumb as he is in every single universe. Yep. He's foolish. Because he's not dumb, he's foolish. Right. No, he's, he's remarkably intelligent, but yes, he's foolish. And like, it's like the great scene when he gets hit in the back of the head with a wine bottle. Yep. And just like, he's, he's so wonderfully goofy in this. Uh, well, so I like McCoy for the exact same reasons of just like, because he is so ogreish, and I believe he even calls himself uh, a troll at one point. No, he said uh, people used to call him troll. Him just like, especially when he meets Fury, and he's and Fury's just like, man, you are, you're really like, you're not one to parse words, huh? And he's just like, actually, I love to talk. Yeah, I'm well, one that- of the most intelligent people you'll ever meet in your whole life. Now that you get, you've given me this opening. Right. And that's why I really liked McCoy. I wish that there was more with the Fantastic Four. They have their own spinoff. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, but it's not Gaiman writing it. They're Gaiman. Nope. So, like, I would have liked a little bit more, but watching Johnny Storm shave with a knife and have a fire goatee was still kind of cool. Yep. I will say I wasn't all that big a fan of Doom. Mostly because his font got really uh, tiresome after a while. Yes. I mean, it was regal as all hell. but It was. It was. But it, that's also like my, I know it's probably the most common depiction of Doom, but like petty, vindictive, like materialistic Doom is not necessarily my favorite Doom. Let's say you are a d- Doom diehard. I'm a Doom guy. I'm a big Doom guy. But I like like cerebral sometimes brooding doom like the doom that's depicted in his uh issue going on right now big fan well you're you're you like the doom who knows he's the smartest guy in the room but doesn't want but like doesn't feel the need to tell everyone because they should already know right but he will like if it comes you know push comes to shove he'll right, he'll remind this them. doom was never the smartest person in the room no this doom is just he's like ah, oh, he's so bitchy He's wanted to steal everyone's ideas. Right. And uh, yeah, uh, that I didn't like that either, that he's always just like ripping off Richards. Like that doom is not about that. He's trying to one up Richards. Yeah, that was one thing that I was like, ah. Um, I guess who, so we've talked favorites. What was your least favorite character or depiction? I mean, I guess you said doom. doom they did Natasha dirty. I didn't like that. They Natasha got done dirty in this, I think. Um, but there's no other character they could have done. I know, I know, but like, I just it just sucks because she's such she's such a more nuanced character than that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I mean that's my complaint of like they did. I felt like they did Drake kind of dirty too, because he didn't really do much. He was just kind of a prop in the background for like oohs and ahs, 
like they describe him more often as not as a wall of ice. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, he's like way better and cooler than just a wall of ice. But also I feel like they, they did Peter real dirty as well, but but again, that that's to do with the ending. They wanted that ending to be a, a, a real special thing, clearly. Right. Oh, it was so good at the beginning when he was like, oh, look at this spider. It's marvelous carapace. It's so shiny. What a cool spot. Bam, killed. And you're like, yeah. all right, maybe we won't do that this time. I and hope we don't. And then you see it come up again where he's playing with the Black Widow spider. It's right after Natasha takes out Murdoch, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then uh, Strange is like, like no, 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 no. Or it's Cleo. No, it is Strange who takes it. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, so at the end, there's the explosion with the the infinity thing. Yep. Uh, I, I, I kind of had to, to, I didn't get a chance to read the ending as closely as I would have liked, but that's like what gave Banner, turned Banner into the Hulk, because he, he, Peter took the place of, of Alex. Rick Jones. Of Rick Jones, sorry. You were going to say Alex Jones? Please I, tell me you were going to say Alex I Jones. I absolutely was going to say Alex Jones. If only Alex Jones had been out there. He'd be selling radioactive vitamins. Oh, 100%. But yeah, so, and that's what, and that was a cool, actually, depiction of, of him. I like that he still had the purple shirt, but not the purple pants. Yeah. That was a nice little touch. But then, yeah, that last scene in that last issue where it's just like the green spider coming down to bite him. You're just like, oh, really? I-, I almost wish you just never did it. Yeah, it'd have been better if they hadn't. Or like they had another fake out where it's like, oh, a spider. And then he's like talking to Virginia about it. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. Uh, shit, I just had something. And I really did think that Fury killed Rogers. Like with a rock to the head, like real Cain and Abel style. That was just so outrageous because, like, he hits him in the back of the head and it looks like Rogers has fallen over. But then you, it's like he's just standing straight up and eventually falls down. I thought that was weird the way they drew that and the way that was depicted. I didn't really like that sequence all that much. No, no. Uh, And the black and white was kind of a weird touch, but it was, I kind of liked it. But yeah. Also, if Steve Rogers is still Steve Rogers. Is he really going to get taken up by Nick Fury and a rock? I mean, anyone gets hit in the back of the head with a rock, that's probably going to suck. Yeah, but like Steve is way more durable because he's like, he's out for like hours as Fury has to like schlep him through a swamp or whatever. Is it hour? I don't think it's that long. I don't know. It's long enough. Either way, I just, I have a hard time. I know what you mean. That's, That's clearly story. Yeah. Uh, and also, back to Magneto's helmet real quick. I love the fact that it has a tiny dragon on the front. I didn't even notice that, but... Oh, yeah. Nice. Let's talk about Thor. Okay. Because that was a very strange thing. Third that person I, like, Thor. Again, never saw coming with the way they did it. And I really should have because it was plastered everywhere. Like... The old man being called Donald, like yeah, that's what I knew once. Uh, once they referred to him as Donald, I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" Yeah, I feel again foolish not paying attention to these names and the details. 
But it, like uh, that wasn't you didn't know his name until what like issue four or five. Yeah, at, like at least an issue and a half after you met him. Because I mean, you meet him in the very first issue. Yeah, he's the just he's just known as the old man. Right. Um, and it's a real good fake out where it's like the treasures this orb from the future. No, it's just a stick. Yeah. And I love the fact that Donald, after he becomes Thor for the first time and goes back to being a man, just gets wasted. Just he's like, I have to drink to forget because all I ever want to do is be him all of the time. Yeah. He was like, I can feel it. I can feel it staining my soul. Yeah, and the fact that he's like, I'm, I've betrayed my world and my gods. You're like, no, nah, no, nah, man. You're just like the coolest god now. Yeah. But yeah, the, the way the black and white went. And so I guess really the whole, like, the whole thing was just they had to get rid of Rogers and send him back to his time. Sorry, what was that? Like the whole point of the of the plot was to put Rogers back to his time that he was supposed to go to. Yes, that was it. Yeah, and they succeeded, and then all was well, and they even kept the universe around. Right, she was supposed to be the queen, though. Who? Virginia. Uh, Virginia Dare will die in the form of a white deer her own name on her lips as she transforms for the final time never now to become queen of anything Uh, I don't know I I, I don't know if she was supposed to be a queen at some some point but yeah it's probably a reference it's something they probably mentioned in one of the issues yeah also the like the head watcher with the crazy like Mars attacks face is brain is weird That was wild. Uh, I did like that they acknowledged that Clea is from the Dark Dimension. When she just opened the door, it was just straight, like, 1970s Doctor Strange. Yes. Makes me really hope she's going to be in the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, you you would have to think she is. She's pretty like, fucking important to get the Strange rid of, mythos. Get, get Rachel McAdams out of here. Bring in Clea. I don't even know. Is Rachel McAdams even in the next one? Um, and also, I do want to talk about how they put, how they preserved Strange's head in a cask of brandy. Badass as fuck. Oh, and then when Clea's like, yeah, one of the sailors got into it and drank some of it. I mean, he went crazy, obviously, but like, you know, <laughs> just, just don't do that. Yeah, he went insane. Do not drink this. No, and, but she says it so nonchalantly. She's like, you went mad, of course. Can we make a pact right now uh, that if either of us dies, we'll, and we have the opportunity uh, to cut each other's heads off and put them in casks of brandy to preserve them until the other one dies? Uh, no. I can't do that because my skull is already promised as a wine goblet to someone. Ah. <sighs> Yeah, if you if you, you want to get in on this, you got it's got that's an early that's an early promise, dude. Would they get mad? Like if I proposed yes. this to them, do you think they'd get mad? Yeah, probably. Then you gotta wait for however long until you die to use said goblet. What if they die in that time? Well, they could drink the brandy and they'll just live forever. That's or just, go crazy. Preferably the latter. 
probably a little bit of both. Imagine being crazy forever. No. It's truly every person who's ever done mushrooms or acid's worst nightmare. Am I just going to trip forever? Yes. Yes, you are. No. This is your life now. So, yeah, that was Marvel 16. I mean, we've got, what what else? We've gone over favorite characters. We've gone over least favorite characters. We've gone over, uh, I mean, what was your favorite scene? Uh. A lot of the like the the escape scene I really liked when Murdoch jumped out the window with Donald. Okay, yes, that was actually I really good. I really liked that. I can't remember if that was a, a full page or if it was two pages, but just like the we're gonna do this the easy way. You just need to shut up and I'm going to think about how easy how much easier this would be without chains or a passenger. Yeah. I love like, I'm, that line. Yep. Um, and then, like when when he goes back and taunts uh, King James, yeah, that's real good. Uh, yeah, keep your, keep your hands in Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I really like that. Uh, all right, so and we already said mine was the reveal of uh, Warren being in love with John Gray, not necessarily Jean Gray. Yep. And the cask when she takes the head out of the cask. One of my favorite that, panels. That is pretty wild. Uh, best, worst, best, worst. Uh, we're going to go with where would you put this on the list of things that we've done? I mean, it's... Books that we've read, excuse me. It's above the midway point. All right. Well, let's figure it out because this is our Segway. last issue for our foreseeable future. I mean, maybe when Metal's done, we'll do a, a surprise issue, or maybe when the next Tales from the Multiverse series is done, we'll do another issue. But we'll talk about that in private. Dad, do you have any final words to the listeners going forward? Again, like we said, maybe a long time before there's another comic corner. Uh, continue to wash your hands and wear a mask. Yep. Uh, I agree with those sentiments. Wash your hands. Continue to wear a mask. Hero or not, just make sure that it's rated, you know, none of that fucking garter bullshit that, you know, only one layer or whatever. Get a real mask. Invest in a nice one around the ears and all that. But uh, huh. keep keep reading. Keep, keep reading all the dope fucking good shit. Read the bad shit. Read all of the stuff. Comic books are fun and they're awesome and they're escapism in a world that is literally on fire. Ooh. And yeah, so that's the comic corner for now. Uh, we'll see you guys when we see you, I guess. Uh, so until then, peace out. Mm-hmm.